0: Good afternoon. I am Scott Walters, rector here at Calvary Church. And welcome to this last day of Calvary's 98th Lenten preaching series. This is the last day for our beloved Waffle Shop this year as well. And I want to start with a heartfelt thank you to all the people who so cheerfully and creatively and energetically decided that there was a way to keep the torches of LPS and Waffle Shop burning this year, even during a pandemic just a few of them in particular. Our Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator, Heidi Rupke, has had to give almost constant attention to what is supposed to be a very, very part-time job this year, as we discerned not only whom to invite, but what the whole rhythm and pattern of LPS Series would be, and where people would preach from, and what plans B, C, D, and J would have to be if our original one didn't pan out. Look back at the series we've just had, friends. Watch the recordings you missed. LPS was shortened to two days and one evening a week, but it was still so deep and wide and rich in wisdom and perspectives and moments of transcendence, just as we've come to expect from LPS at Calvary. No one person is more responsible for this than Heidi Rupke. I am deeply grateful. But Heidi had a lot of help. Besides the other folks on her planning team, this year we depended like never before on the artistry and technical skills of our videographers and sound technicians, Noah Glenn, Breezy Lucia, Bernie Berniel, Sam Bryant, as well as our communications director, Robin Banks. These are the people who brought LPS into your homes and thanks be to God for each one of them. And for all that was lost this year, Our organist choir master, Kristen Lynch, and our Friends of Music program here at Calvary reimagined the musical meditation part of LPS so as to include local, instrumental, and vocal musicians, which I truly believe is a beautiful addition to our tradition that we will carry forward in some way from here. Today, that musician is Scott Moore, a friend of Calvary and principal trumpet for Memphis Symphony Orchestra. Uh, Scott is someone, whatever the genre or event that he's going to show up at Calvary to be part of, I'm here. Welcome and thank you, Scott, for being here this morning. There are also so many people downstairs in Mary O'Brien's kitchen uh, who did the same creative reimagining of Waffle Shop this year so that both of these gifts could continue to be given away to our city and to our world, maybe in a year in which some people needed them more than they ever have. Now to today. Today. It makes so much sense in so many ways to close this season with our friend Rabbi Micah Greenstein. Friends of the series know that the world-renowned authors and preachers and theologians have stood in Calvary's pulpit over the years, but none of them packs the church like Micah. And for good reason. Not only does Micah preach with a wisdom worthy of the deep rabbinical tradition in which he stands, he's a Memphis institution in the best of ways. Wherever good work is being done, wherever justice and mercy are being offered, or wherever the challenge is being made that they should be made available to all of God's beloved children, Micah's somehow there. In so many ways, this remarkable person, I'm honored to call it a friend, exemplifies what LPS is all about. He shows us and challenges us in word and deed to give of our lives for the repair of the world, tikkun olam. In a year in which we've been bereft of so much that is familiar and good in our lives, how right and good it is to have Micah close this 98th Lenten preaching series at Calvary Church. So let's take a moment to quiet our hearts and center ourselves as we prepare to hear what God has to say to us through Micah today.
1: to my dear friends at Calvary Episcopal Church and whoever you are watching on this final day of the 2021 Lenten Preaching Series before Holy Week and Palm Sunday mark the final countdown to Easter. Easter is the only Christian holiday linked directly to the lunar Hebrew calendar of Jesus's Jewish faith, which is why the onset of tomorrow evening's Jewish Passover always occurs during this Lenten season. Passover always begins under a full moon, a sign of hope, after this most challenging year in all of our lives, if not financially or emotionally, then definitely relationally. The thought of grandparents and grandchildren finally being able to hug each other for the first time since last year thanks to the vaccine is reason alone to celebrate and jump for joy. This Passover Easter season. When I was preparing today's sermon here at Temple Israel, where in person services ended on March 6th, 2020, it occurred to me that the last sermon I delivered before a large crowd was only days before in the beautiful sanctuary of Calvary Episcopal Church, just before the series was suspended and we all hunkered down. As COVID subsides, while there is light in sight, for the second year in a row, There will be no congregational Passover Seder here at Temple Israel. The evening ritual in which Jewish households invite family, friends, and guests to remember and relive the Jewish people's story of moving from the narrow confines of Egypt and slavery, this year the confinement of COVID itself, to freedom Justice and release for all humanity. Passover is a festival of springtime freedom, and it is also a time for love. That is why the early rabbis assigned the reading of the biblical love poem Song of Songs at Passover time. The traditional Jewish understanding of the Song of Songs is that it is about the love between God and and the people Israel, a mutual covenant of devotion with Passover as the onset of a love affair that culminates 50 days later with the marriage between God and Israel at Sinai with the receiving of the Torah as the Jewish people's marriage contract with God. In this marriage contract, we are told in Exodus To remember the history and tell it to every generation so they may learn from it. Even if the kids don't always get the details right. Like the story of the young girl riding home in the car with her mother on the way home from religious school, our version of Sunday school. So the girl's mother asked, what did you learn today? The daughter's response was quick. Oh, our teacher told us a wonderful story how the people of Israel were freed from Egyptian bondage. God called on Moses and the girl said to her mom, God called Moses on his cell phone And told him to tell the Israelites to leave Egypt. Moses emailed the Pharaoh to set free the slaves. But when Pharaoh refused, God sent a virus into Pharaoh's computer network and the Israelites escaped. When Pharaoh realized the slaves had fled, he sent his army to bring them back. The Israelites were trapped between the sea and the Egyptian army but God teleported the Israelites to the other side and were saved, the girl told her mom. The mother was outraged. That's what they taught you in Temple's religious school? The girl was again quick to respond. Well, no, but mom, if I told you the real story, you'd never believe it. Passover is a miraculous story that doesn't depend on the suspension of nature or emails or teleporting. The leap of faith Passover introduces is that when people are hurting, when our slave ancestors were groaning, God heard their cries. God ached. God cared. The redemption from Egypt was an act of grace, what the Bible calls chesed, unconditional love in action. Our Jewish ancestors who were enslaved did not earn their freedom. Their liberation from Egyptian bondage was largely the result of divine mercy, grace, and love. This is in contrast to six months from now during the biblically-based Jewish High Holy Days, known as Rosh Hashanah, and our Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. During that season, it's the acts, the deeds that an individual, a people, and society carry out, which play a large part in determining whether the redemption of our world, nation, city, whether the redemption of ourselves will occur. The High Holy Days are highest because they bid us to acknowledge the need for human action to renew and rebuild God's world and our own lives through our deeds and repentance. That kind of resolve to turn inward, turn ourselves around and change, sounds like Lent, And it depends on a personal response to simple questions that define our lives, questions we would all do well to ask as this COVID year has passed. Questions like, have I grown more caring or more callous? Have I become more forgiving or more vengeful? Have I become more tolerant or more critical? Have I become more generous or more self-centered? Have I worked to become better or just better off? Have I clung to my principles or have I abandoned them? Whatever your answers to these questions are, we know they reflect what we have done, not what others have done to us or for us. We know that our answers to these questions are not a matter of who helped us, who taught us, or who guided us, but what we did with that teaching, that help, that guidance. On Passover, Jews bask in God's unconditional love for us, for all slaves and for all humanity, a God of freedom who wants every human to live a moral life of both choice and responsibility. As Lent winds down and Passover begins, the inherent dignity in the three-word message of Passover freedom from slavery. The inherent dignity is a non-negotiable dignity, regardless of class, color, or creed. Prior to the Torah, the image of God was reflected in rulers, kings, statues of certain people, like royalty but what the Torah in the ark behind me introduced is that this royalty of being created in God's image is attached to every human person. The God of the Hebrew Bible is one who treasures human freedom, but freedom is not the end game in Judaism. Our responsibility to one another as persons is. Clearly, we see in the Bible that God sets before us life and death, blessings and curses. I have set before you life and death, God says in Deuteronomy. Therefore, choose life and blessing. There is an emphasis on human choice in the Torah, but there is an equal emphasis on our accountability and responsibility. That is why, even though Cain is not stopped from killing his brother Abel in Genesis, the question, am I my brother's keeper, is answered by the creator of all. When God responds to Cain, sinful choices croucheth at the door. But you can master those impulses. And you are responsible and accountable. Don't blame it on me, says God, or on someone else. Many of you are already familiar with how Jews celebrate Passover by reliving history at this evening home ritual. We'll start tomorrow night known as a Seder. We eat this matzah flatbread for seven days instead of bread or anything made from wheat, rye, barley, oats, or spelt. Grains that ferment and rise. We abstain from bread that rises because slaves don't have the luxury or freedom or time to wait for the dough to rise. We dip parsley, symbolizing the green of springtime and renewal of the world. We dip the parsley into salt water, symbolizing the tears our ancestors shed as slaves. Even in the green of spring, we eat bitter herbs like horseradish so that when we read in this script, once we were slaves... It's not a once upon a time story. You literally feel the horseradish in your nasal passages. You dress comfortably and even lean at the table because these are two more things slaves are not permitted to do when shackled upright in slave uniforms. There's also something less discussed in this Passover script, the Haggadah, I wanna share with you. It's a call to action, not only for Jews, but for Christians and good people everywhere. The early rabbis who composed this Passover Haggadah script 150 years after the Last Supper, around the year 200, They established certain psalms to be read as a fixed part of the Seder because these psalms were deemed a most appropriate means to express praise of God, specifically Psalms 113 through 118. And these psalms begin with the Hebrew word every one of you knows, hallelujah. Yah is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah means y'all praise. So, hallelujah means y'all praise God. It's in the plural. What do we praise God for? For the purpose of time, let me just read a few verses from Psalm 113, the Seder Psalm, and translate. Mekimi afar dal Meashpot Yarim Evyon, which means: God raises the poor from the dust. God saves the needy from squalor. God lifts the penniless to a place of nobility, takes a life without purpose and fills it with joy. Hallelujah. Let's think of just two of those Hebrew words again. Yarim evion, God saves the needy. This is clearly an aspirational theological vision rather than an accurate description of Memphis or the world as it is. God yearns for the relief of human suffering. But in order for this objective to be attained, human beings must work You and I must work to bring about these changes. God's word in Deuteronomy 15.4, there shall be no needy among you, is not a promise that God will resolve poverty, but an insistence that you and I and all humanity undertake the necessary effort to create a society in which no one needs suffer the pain and indignity of poverty. Those words are actually in this Passover Haggadah script I will read at home with my family tomorrow night. And it is our shared wish and hope and prayer as Jews, Christians, all people of faith, as Palm Sunday and Holy Week marking the entry of Jesus and his disciples into Jerusalem, begins this last week of Lent and as our Jewish festival of freedom, Passover, starts tomorrow. On every Passover Eve, including tomorrow night, the moon will be full, a reminder that hard as it is to see, these months This year of brokenness will eventually lead to nights of wholeness, which is the meaning of the word shalom. What an important message of faith and hope to keep in mind for all of us who have endured a cold and dark winter, as well as those of us, all of us, who have endured the isolating effects of this pandemic in some measure. If the full moon of Passover is a reminder that life begins anew each spring, so can each of us. So can Memphis and our nation. Hard as it may be to see when the compassionate concern for the welfare of strangers commanded in the Torah is countered by attempts to split humanity up rather than fulfill scripture's command to love one another as we are and come together as one humanity, one human race, no matter what we look like, no matter what our age or stage in life, no matter what our path to God. So in that spirit, I conclude the way I always have these past 20 years, preaching, in this esteemed Calvary Lenten preaching series. I end with the unifying blessing known as the priestly benediction. The best blessing our people knows for all people, wherever you and they
2: may be. Yevarechecha Adonai Veishmarecha. May the Lord bless you, and keep you, and protect you. Ya'ir Adonai Panav Elecha Vichunecha.
1: May the light of God shine upon you. And be gracious to you.
2: Ye sa Adonai ye sa Adonai Pana Elecha Ve samlecha ve samalcha. May
1: the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And together, may we make and create and share what Memphis needs more than anything, what our nation and world need most. Shalom, wholeness, completeness, harmony, and peace. Amen.
0: Thank you, Micah. Friends, go forth into the world in peace. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor everyone. Love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of God's Spirit. And the blessing of God Almighty be among you and remain with you always. Amen. The Calvary Podcast theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator, and thanks to you for listening. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts, or dress the same way, or vote for the same candidates, or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of Second and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.